Oh, we could, we could fly. Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk about something we are not supposed to talk about. <laughs> about religion. Y'all ready? Once again, I'm coming to you live from a hotel room where I forgot to pack my microphone. So bear with me. All right, I'll give you all three seconds. One, two, three. So here's the situation. A few days ago, my husband asked me, have you lost your religion? We were discussing the aspect that comes with fasting during Easter. Not during Easter, I'm sorry, but during the days leading up to Easter. is a Catholic religion tradition where every Friday, as well as Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday, we fast. And in the Catechism Guide, a fast currently for Catholic folks is supposed to be where you have one meal and on that day that you're fasting, and then that's it. So this is there are exceptions to this rule, and the exceptions are for people that are carrying a child that are pregnant, people that are have a ailment or elderly people or children, of course, because they they need to get all their nutrients right. So they are exempt from the fast. And my husband and I were talking because this one Friday he was like, I completely forgot to fast. And he was beating himself up over eating breakfast when he wasn't supposed to eat breakfast that day. And I explained to him, I was like, God, right? Which this is a whole different conversation, but I really do think God is a woman. But I told him, I was like, God. I think has bigger fishes to fry, no pun intended, than to be mad or upset about someone who forgot to fast on a certain day. And and that's when he asked me, he was like, he looked at me weird and he was like, have you lost your religion? <laughs> so let me explain. I was, when my husband and I first met, I was very much that was a big habit of mine to go to church every Sunday and before that before I met my husband I used to teach catechism to sixth grade I was also a Eucharistic minister and and all of that I was very much involved in the Catholic Church and I was I was single at the time and my son was younger and I explained to my husband when he asked me that question about whether I have lost my religion. And I gave him a yes and no answer to that question. But let me explain. Let me be a little bit more specific here. I explained to him that 
Ever since I was little, there was something that just didn't sit right with me when it came to the Catholic religion. And that evolved, obviously, as I got older. But one of the things that I will always question was, why is there not a woman there? Why is it, por qué las mujeres tienen que ser monjas y no pueden ser padres? You know, why does the woman have to be a nun and why can she not be a priest? And that was always in the back of my mind because here I am, I'm, I'm a woman, right? I'm this girl in my dress, patent shoes and frilly socks, you know, going to church every Sunday. And most of the church going members were women. Most of the people teaching religion in the household are women. So even as a young child, I could tell that most of the leadership, most of the the people that were pushing this religion forward were women. And that's where that question came from. Why then can we not be up front? And as a child, I will always get told that you just don't ask questions, that there's just certain things that you don't ask, that it is the will of God. Forward to many years where I read the book Cultish, and now I know that that is Cultish language. <laughs> that when the answer to a question is, you don't question that, you know, or that's just how it's always been done, or that is the will of name whatever entity you want to name, that that is the kind of language that is often used in a cult or cultish environment in order to keep people from gaining more information or gaining the information that may dissuade them from following a certain behavior, following a certain group. So I recorded this episode, I want to say two weeks ago, two weeks of some change. And I didn't realize how much this part here where I talk about the book cultish and cultish language and cultish behavior was going to come into play when I would release this episode. So if you haven't seen it, there's a clip on social media, which it makes me feel disgusted just to describe it here. But if it's of the Dalai Lama and he's doing something inappropriate with a child and, and that is a horrific example of what cultish behavior and then that whole thing of not questioning things when it's coming from God or when it's coming from uh a man of God or a spiritual leader, how dangerous that is. But let's get back into the conversation. And once I read that, and once I heard the different examples that came out of this book, it's like, I can never unhear that. I I remember, and just like the author stated, whenever you know what the cultish language is, where you can identify it as soon as you hear it. And as I was reading the book, my memory was going through 
those things that I was being told growing up. And when I'm not giving answers, it is just something that stays with me. And it is something that I want to find out more. So in an essence, I I did lose my religion in a way where I became more aware of the holes in the story and the lack of answers of certain things that I was seeking. That's one. And two, I have known for quite some time that religion does not make someone a good person. That someone is a good person because of the values and the morals that they hold. And that's not always part of a religion. So in my previous episode, I talk about how I have learned to thrive in negative comments that people give me. A lot of those negative comments that I got that belittle me, that put me down and um, that undermine me came from upstanding church-going people (laughs) that sit in the front pews of a church. So I have known for quite a long time that religion does not necessarily make somebody a good person. I've known that personally. That's two. However, here comes my number three. And that is that I know while values and morals is what make a good person, I knew that religion, in essence, guides you in the right direction and can help you create and align values and morals to something that is righteous and that is just. Mind you, you have to think for yourself as well. You can't just take things and take it verbatim without understanding that there are fallacies involved in the text of the Bible because the text in the Bible was written by men, by human beings. And we as human beings are by default faulty. We make mistakes. So saying that I stayed in the church, even with all these questions in the back of my mind, because as a single mom, I wanted a resource. I wanted a hub that I can use so that way my son can gain some of those good values that do come from that entity so it can help me find that guy. But I was very aware that not everything coming from that guide from the Bible is correct. So I ensure that I augmented a lot of those things at home and that the center lesson that is in the Bible that a lot of people don't practice and that is to love thy neighbor. I ensure that that lesson was practiced and was understood in my household, that it was not love thy neighbor unless they are insert whatever there, right? That it was love thy neighbor, period. And that is something that I ingrained in my son because I did not, even as a single mom and with the little resources that I had, and I knew that society was against me, 
while raising a son on my own, I knew that if I taught that one lesson to him, that at the very least, I wouldn't be racing an asshole. Excuse my language here. So yeah, so that was my answer to my husband when he asked me that question. Have you lost your religion? So I would say to put that in a more concise form is that I didn't always have it. I've always known that it was lacking, that it was faulty in a way. But I've always known that kindness is within us, that we just have to practice it and we just have to embrace it. And whether we do that in the form of religion within religious guide or religious structure, or we do it on our own, there's no wrong way. And I've known for most of my life that there's not one way to worship and that uh, there's not one correct name for the entity that we believe in, that we trust in. I also believe that (laughs) if something, someone created us, that part of that entity is in us. And I see that as what is good within us. And what is good within us, if it's part of that entity, is love. It's unconditional love. And that's why that phrase, love thy neighbor, is the one thing that I've taken away from everything else that I've learned throughout my years of teaching catechism, of learning catechism, of learning about Eucharistic ministry, of listening to the many sermons that a priest gives, that at the center of it all is just that love. And that doesn't come through religion. That comes through what a creator whoever created us, put inside of us. And that is for us to practice every day. And some days it's hard to practice, while some days it's easier. So I answered my husband, yes and no. And I gave him this long answer, but I told him, I was like, I really doubt that our creator is looking down at us and is furious because you innocently forgot that you shouldn't have eaten breakfast today. I think that our creator will rather worry more about what is good within us and how we have practiced and how we have conveyed that goodness and have we left that in the world before we depart from that world? What kind of goodness are we leaving behind? And of course, my husband just looked at me. (laughs) 
once again, I'm being too deep. But that's how I feel. And looking back at it, that's how I've felt for a very long time. And now while I used religion to guide me and guide me as a parent and guide my my child as well, I didn't lose track of the the plot holes in there or the things that could go wrong. Like I didn't blinded my eyes to it. I I embraced what I could and then how would I say it? I didn't ad lib, but I added what I thought needed to be added in there. So that way love is given and hatred is not. Boom. <laughs> so take what you may out of that. So yeah, that's what I want to impart on you all. And I don't judge people based on how they worship. I really don't. Or who they believe in or who they don't believe in. But I do look at how how much goodness is in their heart or how much of it is lacking. I think that's what I look for in people. I learned a long time ago that religion does not make or break somebody, but what's in their heart does. So going forward, I will continue to do that. Judge people by their hearts, nothing else. So this very short episode here was provided by Joa in the hotel, having forgotten her microphone. I hope you got something out of it. And if there's something you want to add to this very taboo conversation when it comes to religion, please let me know. Put it in the comments. Send me a voice message. Let me know. I'm pretty sure there may be some angry people out there. But hey, with all love and respect, this is how I feel. And I will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Da, da, da.